Hey guys, welcome back. This is Chris Bercher, and this is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. It's episode 77. Like I said last time, episode 76 about what is the why, or why, why am I? What is our why and our sort of our reason for doing things? This is a transitional episode. I feel like I've laid out the meat of the what's and the where's and maybe the who's <laughs> of the are versus should problem, this sort of struggle that people have between the person that we are and the person that we feel like we should be. But bigger than that, this is sort of a, a revisiting of what KEW is all about. And are you uh, the type of person that's going to get something from this? So I sort of fundamentally believe that there's lots of coaches and therapists and books and writings and philosophers and belief systems that are written about and sort of spread out all around the world. And each one of us is going to resonate differently with that particular speaker or author or coach or therapist or whatever, and some aren't. And I think for someone sort of looking at this and thinking, huh, I wonder if what this is all about, I, I sort of want to outline who I think will benefit from what we're getting ready to do, which is sort of the how-to of proceeding through life in a new way. And so, first of all, people who would be interested in this are going to be people who are curious about changing something about their lives. And I think they're going to be fairly analytical. They're going to be more pragmatic and more science-believing type people that are used to sort of using our brains to figure things out and to um, look at evidence-based approaches to answering questions and sort of say, well, I don't know if ayahuasca is the answer to all my problems. Let's look into the literature and see how many people have had beneficial experiences versus how many people who, who have had no experience, whatever. Uh, so, to, so people that have relied on the tool of science to explain life and are feeling a little bit let down by what's been delivered by that. Uh, it's for people who question reality. It's for people with a, a certain level of self-awareness that we've spent enough time looking at ourselves to say, you know, this could be better. You know, I could do this differently. It's about people who are open-minded enough. It's for people who are open-minded enough to admit that they're wrong or at least leave the door open for being wrong. Because the goal that we're all going to share in one way or the other, whether this is a major value or your why or the sort of some important reason about why you go through life, is that you want to find in the words of the, sort of the Buddhist approach, less suffering or a better way to deal with suffering as you go through your life. And I don't like that word suffering. I don't even think the Buddhists like that word suffering. What I sort of, what motivates me and what I think is going, people are going to benefit from this are going to think kind of similarly is I want a little less restlessness, a little more satisfaction, more calm, more peace. I don't like to say I want to be happier because you've already thought far enough down that road that you can't be happy all the time and you understand that and things happen. But when things happen that would produce happiness, that you sort of roll with that a little bit better. And so one of the phrases I've heard that you probably will resonate with if this is for you, and if you don't, then maybe KW isn't for you, is self-mastery. You know, how can I live the best life that I can by dealing with who I am, understanding who I am, figuring out what about that I can modify in a comfortable and doable way that still jives with my day-to-day -day life, uh, and in order to live a better life so that I look back on my life when I'm old or dying or whatever and sort of say, 
I honored the gift that I was given about being alive. You know, they're always, and I'm not talking about somebody who wants to be perfect or achieve all the goals or have the most toys or make the most money or have the most power. Not, that's not the point. It's not, the point is not to arrive at some perfect enlightenment. It's about being on a path that dynamically, on average, over the long haul, results in more peace, more calm, more happiness. It doesn't mean you laugh because, you know, a loved one dies, you know, or you deal with that in some magical way. It doesn't make you a guru or a monk um, or a god. It just, you're a human being living with the constraints of what that means, but also developing the abilities and the capacities of what that means. And you're willing to use tools besides science and certainly besides just random opinion or seemingly um, made up um, non-science, but we are open to other ways of understanding the world um, that existed before science did. So if you resonate with what I just said, and I could, I, I feel like I'm just babbling about this because it is sort of difficult, but I just, I want to put a few blinders on and maybe help you understand sort of where I'm going with this, but th- that's going to form sort of the basis because that's the type of thinking that's gone behind what I will share over the next 10, 20, 30 episodes, which is basically the how-tos of living more in your are and less than you should, that I've learned over over 10 years of, of, of therapy and different kinds of psychological training and coaching, and then also using my knowledge of science and so sort of the journey that that's led me to outside the realm of science and this into the somatic, you know, the rest of our human existence. You know, we're not just our brain, right? We're all these other things that we used to be really connected to but aren't so much anymore. So it's going to be about people open to that idea and wanting to, to develop these skills a little bit better along with me because I am by no means an influencer, a guru, a person of knowledge. I have not been up to the mountain and I have not come, I'm not come back down to, to tell you I am on my journey, but I'm compelled to get this stuff um, recorded in some way and, and, and I enjoy this format. And we spent a whole lot of time setting up the backstory, sort of the what's and sort of what do we do, things like being not feeling not good enough or feeling like an imposter and having anxiety and experiencing imposter syndrome and, and, and just sort of feeling maybe a little bit out of place and having all these questions about life that we don't have any answers to. I feel like I've been over a lot of the concepts and topics that go into this, and now it's time to shift gears. And I, and I hope that helps, um, and I hope that you'll stay with me. And a little bit more about what I want to talk about is to, is to start, you know, any good scientific experiment at the very beginning will state their assumptions. You know, what are the things that we're all going to have to believe in in order to ask the questions that we're going to get ready to ask and in order to feel confident in the sort of hows? If I'm going to say something like, um, I really believe that by trying to meditate even a minute every day, five days a week, that is going to be a benefit to you. You, you sort of have to accept the assumption that quiet is a beneficial thing and that habits can be built in tiny increments, right? So that might be a really bad example, but it might make more sense if I just start stating them. And so one of the first things, I just wrote these down kind of randomly. Uh, one of the first things is that the, what I call the uniqueness imperative, where I believe that because we have been given the gift of, of DNA, because we are a participant 
in the evolution of DNA and life on Earth in this universe, that it is we have a responsibility to discover the full expression of our DNA to, to the best of our abilities. And so that DNA was meant to reorganize in such a way that would be new and that would exist and then that would be exposed to the selective forces that's going to help or inhibit our species from existing. And we hope that we will be a vehicle of help, <laughs> right? In order to do that, we have to allow that DNA to express itself the way that it is expressing itself instead of fighting against that. And that simply means kind of living more in your are and less in your should. If you feel compelled to do certain things or think certain ways, perhaps that might be something that's naturally inherent in you as part of your person as related to your DNA. And in doing this, we honor and we do justice to all the people that came before us that have allowed our species to perpetuate through time. And so it's it's our kind of response. We, uh, one of my assumptions is that we have a responsibility to sort of realize what our DNA is all about by allowing it to uh, be experienced in the construct of the environment that we live in because that's all part of natural selection. So in, any, in short, to participate in, in natural selection uh, on behalf of our species as a representative. Um, uh, one of the, another assumption is that quiet has more value or has a value that can be more beneficial than distractions, that it's better, if you will, to place a value judgment on it, to be able to sit with quiet and be aware and observant and all the things that sort of goes along with this and to sort of try to develop that skill set as opposed to living a life that's full of endless distractions to keep you away from being um, quiet. And I think one of the this comes from... One of the big elements that we experience in today's society is this continual existence of distraction, distraction, distraction to keep us awake. Because I think being quiet is a gateway into our non-mind experience. So that's a, one. It's something that's important that it's probably you have to believe in in order to, you know, go with along with anything else that's going to happen after today. Similarly, that, that uh, getting outside of our brain, you uh, one another assumption is that science is a tool that has run its course uh, into the realm of being dogmatic. And it needs to be reduced back to what it really is, which is a wonderful tool in asking um, quantifiable and measurable questions about the physical parts of uh, the reality experience. It's great at what it can do, but it has limitations. Part of what we're doing in the how-to of the Orange Should is exploring the other tools in the toolbox of question and answer as human. One of the ones I've discovered very briefly recently is our connectivity to our somatic experience, which many people will call our intuition or our guts or our instincts. That's incredibly important, and I believe it should be treated as an equal tool in the toolbox that's more appropriate in asking questions that maybe science isn't so good at. So you, if you are somebody who fundamentally will not let go of science being the only way that we're ever going to learn anything, this is probably not for you. Again, related to that, the idea of spirituality or woo-woo or magic or this other world that sort of science can't explain is a cool thing and at least should be entertained. Things like extrasensory perception, UFOs. If you, you need an open mind to basically to be willing to be wrong, right? I mean, at the very least, it's sort of just the belief that, well, like I've said before, that we have a capacity to know things 
there is a realm of things that we have the potential to know, and then there's a realm of things that we just don't have the machinery to really understand and probably never will, which puts the world into this known, unknown, and unknowable sort of construct. And if you don't fundamentally believe that, this is probably not for you. But if you are open-minded enough to believe that there are probably things human beings simply cannot comprehend or never really will be able to think about because of our you know, the machinery that we are limited to, then yeah, let's, I think that's just an assumption that we need to make as we move forward. And sort of back and way off, if you see technology as um, a double-edged sword and not a single-edged sword, in other words, some people see technology as a, as a gateway to the future. And this, this, this pathway of technology that we're on is um, 100% awesome, beneficial, and only gets better and better versus some people that see technology as being about trade-offs. Um, and to you take some steps forward and sure it's cool that we ha- can have cell phones and we're not wired to the wall to talk to people at a distance anymore. But what sort of, um, downsides are there to having that cell phone in our pocket related to the distractions, for example, and in other words, what I, and, and sort of a colloquial way of thinking about this is the analog versus, versus digital. Sometimes I think, you know, um, being able to listen to a record album and having to go through all the motions of, Storing it and carrying it and buying it and moving it and putting it on the player and having the record player and the sp- all of that stuff changes the listening experience versus just being able to pop on your phone and stream something that's been um, you know converted to a digital format. Or we're driving a manual control um, automobile may allow you a better connectivity to the driving experience than driving like a Tesla uh, or an automatic car. But just some. You know, this is probably dating myself with saying something like analog versus digital, but if you believe that technology is the gateway to everything that is good in the world, then this is probably not for you. And if you're open-minded enough to think that, you know, doing things the hard way sometimes is better than doing things the easy way, yeah, I'm just leaving the door open. I mean, more often than not, more generally, this is really just about keeping an open mind. We all think we're right. Some of us are willing to accept the fact that we may be wrong, a more... Even 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 more broad uh, way of believing in the world is to think that well, may I may even be incorrect and may want to change my way of thinking. So I'm open to actually changing my beliefs, and and this gets into sort of the next realm of of the how to work. So there's a whole bunch of assumptions. I've probably missed a few, but I think that's a good sort of introduction. These things will come up as the topics come up, right? Um, but there's a certain fundamental set of things that you know. What we've learned from science is not necessarily true, but it's a really great way of understanding things. And my my favorite example is gravity. We used to sort of believe that the Earth's core had some sort of magnetic pull, and that's what made things fall to the Earth. Not that long ago, and over just a fairly short period of time, 50 to 100 years ago, we've come to understand gravity as being a much different way, uh, a much different sort of phenomenon, right, explained in a different way. Not many people are willing to sort of look at that and go, hey, we were wrong, (laughs) and we got better information, and we understood something better, and now we changed the way we think about it. Most people aren't willing to talk about the fact that we were wrong. And certainly at the time, when we understood our explanation of Newtonian gravity, everybody thought that was right. And all I'm saying is, there's a certain amount, there's a level of, of self-awareness that requires that you admit the fact that you, we might have things wrong. And we have, to be do, we have to be willing to do that in order to move forward 
along the trajectory that I sort of have an idea about where we're going. Um, so a few things about the how-tos, and again, each one of the videos or podcast episodes and interviews that I'll do after this is going to sort of be some element about how to incorporate being more are and less should in your life, which is, which, which is coincident with having more joy, having more peace, having more calm, having, being able to cope better with the distractions, uh, sleep, you know, sleeping better, being better fit, being healthier, having better relationships, all of the things that would fall under the, the guise of sort of enlightenment or self-mastery. I mean, you could call it whatever you want. Um, I prefer things like less um, dissatisfied and more, I really like the idea of peace and calm, just more calm, more able to sort of roll with the punches and more able to sort of feel like I have a better connection to my life's purpose and the collective purpose of the human species life. So a couple of uh, uh, sort of what's coming up, I guess, with the how-tos. You know, the first thing I think we have to do is to figure out why we want to do this. For me, it's pretty obvious, and you may align with that to some degree, that I want more peace. I want more calm. I want to be able to quickly rank my immediate experiences as being fires that I need to fight right now or things that really might not be that important and be able to more accurately assess um, the, the the sort of damage that's happening to my 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 spirit, for lack of a better term, in any given situation. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. That can become a day-long, 12-hour rumination about why the world sucks and how much everything is bad and how terrible and terrible and bad and terrible. That's a, I don't want that in my life. I want less of that in my life. And so in order to have less of that in my life, when these things come up that uh, typically or historically have caused me struggle, or dissatisfaction or pain, I need to come up with some strategies about how to deal with that. And those strategies, going back to the assumptions, are not things I can do necessarily in the moment. They're things I have to train for, right? And so the how-tos become this way of going about your life to help you prepare for the unexpected and in just different ways that you wouldn't necessarily think of. It's, it's less Band-Aid and more have a good, healthy diet. Uh, type of ways to, to just sort of roll through life as it unfolds. Uh, one, one, another, another assumption would be that we don't really control a lot of things, that our lives unfold before us and we go along with the unfolding process. We don't direct and control it. I mean, we can, but I think we <laughs> end up spending a disproportionate amount of energy trying to control something that ultimately is going to, like water, Take the path it wants to take. Okay, so figuring out kind of why we're doing this, what we want to get out of it. Um, that I talked about that in the last episode. Uh, why am I? Like, what is the motivation for you to want to live a better life or have more self-mastery or find enlightenment or get along better with your wife or whatever it is that falls under this sort of umbrella of, of learning and growing um, that's going to be different for everybody, although they're going to be fairly similar, I think, because again, I'm trying to identify with a subset of this population that, that has a similar background to me with a little bit of the science, a little bit of the goofy, a little bit of the different, a little bit of the questioning, a little bit of the analog, uh, because we're going to be a better match and it's just going to make more sense. 
And this, of course, leads to what I used to think was the pinnacle of the beginning of any of this work, is that, and that's values. And so now what we do is we take our what and our why and sort of the who, what's going on in my life and where am I, what do I want out of the future? Uh, how do I want to die? What do I want to look back on my life as? And then you have to break this down to sort of a, a subset or a set of specific tenets. And this gets really tricky, and you can go back and see my episode on this, and I'll talk more and more about this in the, in the how-to and probably sort of go over all this again. But values work is deceptively hard because you say something like, well, I want love in my life. What do you really mean? Do you want to feel like there's a, a person in Tahiti that is really fond of you and sits around quietly and, and, and feels really good about you, but that you'll never see or you'll never hug or you'll never interact with? Is that what you want? That person loves you. Do you have love in your life? Or do you want these one-on-one relationships that are, that are... And what do those look like? How much time do you spend with this? What gender are these people? Are they the same age as you? Is there a sexual relationship? Are there different forms of love? You really got to put some time. And this is one of the most painful pieces of work I've ever done. And the only time I've really gotten angry at the whole idea of personal growth was when I was doing my values work, which I did two or three times ineffectively and came up with things like love and happiness and contentment and good sleep and a healthy diet and listening to music. I mean, these were things that I thought were my values until I really dug into them. And it's not so much that the values change. You're not going to wake up one day and you go, I really value beating dogs. You know, That's not going to happen. But you're going to learn so much about what motivates you, what's really important to you. And having gone through the, the work of thinking these things through, you will carry that with you into the future. And then when something comes up, you can go, oh, should I take this? Oh, I just got a crazy job offer. But it's like this and this and this. And you go, oh, but I've decided that these things are my values and there's some conflict here. And then it becomes really easy to say, you know what, this job does not align with what I've decided is important for me and I'm not willing to make concessions on those things. And so it's a pretty easy decision to decline the job offer, right? That's why you do it. You do the hard work up front and so that when life happens and life unfolds, you're ready to make the decisions more easily, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) I mean, that's a great benefit. It gets you out of analysis paralysis and all these other things. And then there's going to be a couple of um, other exercises, and that's sort of the, the, the what do we not want side. And that's really what I've talked about many times in this podcast is our limiting beliefs. The elements of the, you know, admitting that our life as we know it is a, has been a dream, and in some way at least modified by the way we think about our life. You know, something happens and we give it value. Somebody cuts us off in in traffic and we create a whole story about how the world is out to get us and we don't belong here and we're not good enough and that um, there's something wrong with me and da-da-da-da-da. That's all a story that we make up. You could just as easily have made up a story about how, wow, this person had a really bad day and I'm really glad that that happened with me here because I was super aware and I could stop really fast and my car's new and Whatever, that, that story, um, we carry around all kinds of these belief systems that modify how we react to life. 
And so one of the things we want to do is not just figure out what we want, but what elements of our lives do we not want anymore? What's not working for us anymore? What do we do to sabotage our capacity to reduce our dissatisfaction, improve satisfaction, improve calm, and, and some of these other things? And that's not easy to do. And that's a lot of work because these things will come up and, and you have to learn to see it. And so that's the next big thing is these tools like... Um, well, it's so we. It's important to be have self awareness and to sort of um, take be able to take a neutral perspective of yourself and to remove you from the equation so that you can watch and discern. Oh man, look at look at me! I'm doing this thing. I don't have to do this. That's not real. That guy in the car doesn't hate me. They're not mad at me because I'm inferior. Wait, there's another story here. And so a big part of the day-to-day how-to becomes mastering your awareness so that you can pull back, take the observer perspective, and buy yourself some time to decide how to respond to a given stimulus in your life. How am I going to? That's a big part. And and, and, And I hope, like me, you can sort of sense the excitement and the ability to do that and what it what kind of doors it opens. And um, it's, you know, it can be a crazy long time. It's a long process. I'm certainly not a master of it. You know, I've gotten to a point now where most of the time when things happen to me, I automatically back into the observer perspective and go, okay, what's going on? Now, I still tend to fall right back into the same pattern I would have before, but at least I've trained myself or learned or gained the capacity to just take a second. Whereas before, all of this happened so fast, I was 10 miles down the road of reaction before I even knew what was going on. And I just assumed this is how I was, and there was nothing I could do about it. So, you know, it doesn't sound like a big leap, um, and it might not seem like it's worth the time, but I can tell you, it is amazing. And I'm super excited to learn more and, again, to just sort of keep this rolling with the how-tos about what I learned. And, and, and ultimately, this may be an assumption um, more than a how-to, but things, and it's sort of related to what I said first about the uniqueness imperative in our DNA. If there's no other truism underneath any of this is that the world, the universe, the realities that we live in, if there is any truth in that realm of the unknowable, is changing with time, or at least the best of our perception shows us that it's moving in this direction through time. And the best way I can describe that is change. So if there's one thing you can count on in living your life, no matter how you're going to do it, unless you reach some unknown level of enlightenment, it's going to change. And so fighting, doing anything to resist that change is working against the program of learning to sort of roll with the life unfolding. I mean, the whole unfolding thing is just another way of saying change. And so underneath all of this is the idea that as we, with every breath, reality is different from last. And so uh, one of the ways we'll learn to navigate that better is to be open to that change and embrace it and just understand that it's something that's going to happen. Uh, And so it's not only about not resisting it, it's about sort of being open to the idea that um, things can get better. You know, a, a lot of us have spent much of our lives worrying about things getting worse and maybe even experiencing things getting worse and maybe or maybe not having something to do with that things getting worse. 
But what we forget, what, what that means is that things can change. We knew that already because we believe in that fundamental tenet that everything changes. But that leaves the door open for the idea that we can change things to better suit our values and our whys and our wants and these other things. So I hope, I hope that helps you. Well, one, I really hope that some of that resonates with you and you're on board. Because what I really need is people to come with me so I can sort of hear feedback and understand, you know, what I can do better and, and how, to, how to verbalize my experience in a way that it becomes more available to the people of the world that need it or can resonate with it. And because I know I, I search for this stuff all the time and it's really hard to dig through and sort out the things that fit me and the things that don't. And so hopefully you've identified with some of this. Hopefully you'll come along with me for the journey. And in next episode, episode 78, we'll start talking about some of these things. And um, if you know people that you think this might resonate with, please share it with them. This is a really small community. It's a small subset of the world, but I think it's an important one. And I appreciate you um, spreading the word. So until next time, this is Chris Bercher, and this has been Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. Episode 77 is K-E-W for you. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Take it easy.